Hey guys, Stephen Scott here from Blind Guy Talks Tech, your brand new podcast coming your way on this feed on January 10th. And uh, it's a new start. It's something which will be, I imagine to many of you, fairly familiar, but in a slightly different format. We're going to get into what all that means uh, over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, in the lead up to that, we can... Uh, tell you what is coming up and uh, the kind of topics we're going to discuss. We'll start some of that today, I think. Let me bring in uh, Tim Schwartz from lifeafterblindness.com, of course, who's uh, going to be joining us regularly on Blind Guy Talks Tech. Hi, Tim. Hello, Stephen. And we've also got Sean Priest, who's uh, with us as well from uh, Double Tap Canada. He's also on the Echo Show with Robin Christofferson. Hey, Sean. Hello, Stephen. That was uh, that was quite the intro. Thanks. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I didn't forget your name, honestly. No, no, yeah, obviously. No, not at all. I'm not like that. Yeah. Who are you again? Oh, yeah, Sean, that's right. So I was just checking my nose. Uh, yes, so welcome to uh, what this will be. Uh, and that's the funny bit, right, because we're kind of in this holding pattern. And we're starting the new podcast in January. And I thought, I don't really want to leave people hanging for a whole month. What would people do without us, guys? That's the question. Shameful. And yeah. Christmas is coming. What would they do? Exactly. What, what, we need a Enjoy present. Enjoy themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you would live your lives. Well, look, we've got to tell people to buy some stuff, right? I mean, it's coming up to Christmas. You've got to buy something. So, you know, maybe Absolutely. we can help people with that. Uh, but, yeah, look, coming up, we're going to be starting the new podcast. I, I, I'm doing this deliberately because I wanted all of us to have a bit of a break over uh, the Christmas period. That's why I dragged everyone in, in December. Um, so, you know, Thanks. you can thank me yeah, later. appreciate that. I, actually, no, you can thank me now. Um, but yeah, we, we're going to kick the thing off. It's going to be five days a week, possibly a sixth day, but we're still talking about that. Uh, but yeah. definitely five days a week <laughs> uh, where we're going to be here every day. We're going to be doing like 15, 20 minutes a day at maximum for you. Maybe not even as long as that, but really just a chance to focus in on one particular topic. And that's the key here. And the theme is really simple. It's technology is for everyone. And what I'm aiming to do and my guests are aiming to do and you as a contributor could do is show how. You know, I really want to get the point out there to everybody who's blind or partially sighted or disabled or who wants to uh, learn about disability uh, or learn about what's available through technology for people who are disabled then that, that's what this is all about, right? That's the whole purpose of this. And um, that's what we've done on, on Tech Talk. We do it on Double Tap Canada when we, we we're not, you know, being complete uh, idiots. Idiots, thank yeah. you. <clears throat> um, <yes. laughs> that's a word for it. Uh, so, yeah, we, we thought we'd put this together. And, you know, I have to say, this has been in the planning for what feels like forever, right? I mean, this has been... We've been thinking about this for such a long time and thinking about doing this kind of thing. I think, Tim, you and I talked about this about three years ago. Oh, yeah. Easily At two least. or three years ago, we've had this conversation and we revisit it uh, quite often. So it's it's so interesting that we're, we're finally here. It's like, yeah, we, visiting an old friend. Um, you know, you visit every so often, you have the same conversation and you leave. Uh, and that's pretty much been Blind Guy Talks Tech <laughs> for the past three years. Uh, but no, finally, we decided um, to, to put it together and actually make it happen. So we're quite excited about it. And um, in, the, in the lead up to it, I thought it might be quite interesting because, you know, our, our daily podcast is going to be focused on one topic at a time. It could be an app review. It could be a, a news story, you know, the zeitgeist of, of that moment, of that day. What's what's the blind community talking about? What what tech is the big news story of the day? How does that impact on us? You know, I mean, I'm 
you know, thinking about the future here, obviously, of all the wonderful stuff that's to come, of all the stuff we already have, and, you know, things that people don't even know about, and even some retro stuff as well. We get into all of that. But I thought since we're doing that on a sort of daily basis, why don't we today and for the next couple of weeks and lead up through Christmas actually talk about not just the, the past uh, year, because, of course, we will want to look back at 2021 and the year of tech and, and what are the changes that have come in, and also have a look at the future as well. What's 2022 going to bring? What's you know beyond that going to bring? But today I thought we'd talk about actually going right back to the beginning of our experiences with accessible tech. And one theme I think that's going to come through this whole podcast is these are our experiences. We will bring other voices in when we don't know something. So we expect a lot of new voices. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I just think it's a good opportunity for us to kind of really open up and, and right now just to have a, t- a chat about some of that tech that, that I, I mean, I, I think back to school and I think of the, the desktop magnifiers. That's the first thing I think of when I think back to school. Those desktop magnifiers that were so big that it had its own trolley and actually it came with its own team because you had two people who had to get it from one place to the other. <laughs> and in my school, you didn't have any lifts. So you couldn't get the, the thing upstairs with a lift. So you had to carry it up the stairs. You know, someone had to carry the, the unit with two people had to carry that and then they had to come back and get the trolley to put it on. Um, and it was the big, you know, CRT screen. Um, well, the big CRT tube, I should say, inside. Um, a ridiculously powerful camera, which I think was, was like a broadcast camera inside this thing. And <laughs> the big XY table, the lights. I mean, when it turned, when you turned it on in a dark room, it looked like an alien craft had just landed in the classroom. <laughs> na, 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 na. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's on. Um, <laughs> That's right, that was the startup sound. And, uh, you know, you turn it on and it had big knobs on it as well. Big knobs that you could, you know, turn and you could, obviously for contrast or... Stop laughing. Such a child. <laughs> oh, it just sounds so steam-powered, doesn't it? You know, like, you had valves you had to turn. It was pretty... I mean, it was very basic. I mean, there was no buttons on it that I can remember. Maybe an on-off switch and that was it. But it was... Do you know what, actually, when I think of it, what it reminds me of a little bit, it was like an Etch-A-Sketch. That was kind of what it was like. Because yes. You had the, t- the two knobs, one knob either side. Oddly, yeah. 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 You remember that? It was kind of like you, one was for, I think one was for focus and one was for zoom. Yeah. Um, and you would you could hear the lens turning inside. You know, it was, it was that you know it was that kind of tech. And he had you know, a big XY table. A, that's a better analogy than what I was thinking with two knobs <laughs> in the front, but but we won't go there. Put one hand here, one hand here, and, hey, listen, and it's enjoy. A free, it's a free world, exactly. You enjoy yourself mm-hmm. while you can, yeah. right? Um, right. But... Uh, <laughs> Can I leave? <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast, I promise you. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, it was so interesting. So, you know, yeah, that was my kind of first initial dive into. When I was thinking about this, you know, what, what do I remember? There's other things as well, but I want to hear what you guys think. Tim, your earliest memories of school days and accessible tech. Well, now, see, unlike you guys, I went blind or, or lost vision a little bit later in life. So my first experiences with any kind of accessible tech were actually from my grandfather because by the time I you know was old enough to walk around and talk and understand the world my grandfather was totally blind and so he had handheld magnifiers and, and things like that but he didn't because back in the early 80s when when that was happening there wasn't 
great deal of technology, you know, no. at least as we know today. It was, you know, handheld magnifier was as good as it got. And, and at that point, he could barely even use that. I mean, he had some vision, I think, because he got a very large uh, television, you know, even for the 80s. I mean, a 60 inch whatever TV, you know, to, to watch and and. Wow, you know, it, it wasn't the greatest tech, but it was fine for him, but it, it didn't last very long. So for me as a child, I experienced blindness kind of through his eyes, as it were, and there wasn't a lot of technology. I mean, for me, <laughs> watching war games as a kid and, you know, hearing, shall we play a game? You know, to me, that was, a, a, you know, a talking computer. Wow, that's that's cool stuff, but it didn't affect me. So mm. when I got into, you know, late middle school, uh, you know, in the high school, about 13, 14 years old, when my vision was starting to be affected and, and really the doctors noticed it more than I did. And then, you know, by the time I was about 15 or 16, I was really noticing it more. And so I was using, you you know, large print, uh, digital, or well, not really digital, you know, cassette talking books, you know, the big, huge cassette machine and, uh, you know, 20 cassettes for a textbook or whatever it was. And, you know, trying to find the right, the right cassette to go with the right part of the, the book. And eventually yeah. we just give up and be like, that's it. No, I'm, I'm done. You know, <laughs> well, I'll have a friend help me with this and get the large print out and because the tapes were just, it was just, oh, it was awful. So for me, that was my earliest school experience was just kind of large print and, and those tapes. And then as time went on, it was actually into employment in the late nineties when I first got my first CCTV and uh, Zoom text, actually Zoom text with speech. And, um, boy, that was an experience like you were talking about. I mean, I, I, there was one year when I went to college that I did see an, another student pushing around on, on a trolley, just like you were discussing, uh, you know, pushing his CCTV around, uh, class to class to class, uh, and had somebody there to help him to set it up and everything. And, and I'm just like, wow, I'm, I thankfully had a, you know, a little more vision than that, that I didn't need it, you know, in, in college, but in employment, Oh boy, it was it was definitely interesting, and it was at a time where I had been doing the job for probably a year at that point, and then all of a sudden was like, no, I need something, and so that's when I got the Zoom text with speech and the CCTV, and that that changed my life. But but what you're describing with you know all the different knobs and buttons and and you know moving the the tray around or whatever you call that, and on, you know I guess it'd be a kind of a tray or the the the, the tabletop, you know, when yeah, you put your, it was a tray, yeah, it was, just it like was a basically tray. a tray, yeah, yeah and, whole thing and, you moved. Know, and, uh, you know, this, this, I had, I know you guys probably had much smaller screens and, and, and all that, but How dare mine, you. my, my yeah, <laughs> screens, I said, screens. <laughs> um, I had like a 21 or 20 something inch monitor, you wow. know, CRT monitor on top of my CCTV. And I mean, it was brilliant. Like you said, the camera quality was amazing. The way it could zoom in on things was so, so good. It actually, you know, was, was very good um, because I could, I, I could read books under there, of course, and, and look at documents or other paperwork. Um, you know, there, there were times because I actually, after leaving that company, uh, I would been there long enough that through uh, the ADA and, you know, through social security here in the States and, and how things work, I was able to take that CCTV home and, and, and actually use it and have it in case I needed another, you know, needed it for another job. And so I, I would use it in the early days as a way to look at cereal box, you know, the backs of cereal boxes or, you know, look at cans or, yeah. you know, that was, that was my early experience with that until I got like a smaller handheld digital magnifier, uh, that, you know, that I could use to, to do that kind of thing. But it, it ended up just being my catch all for, for everything that I needed to make as big as possible. Wow. Well, actually, um, 
Yeah, it depends. Does a, a speech module on a ZX81 and getting that to swear, does that count as assistive tech at all? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, I thought so. Well, there you go. Back in 1981. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm a bit like you, Tim, because I didn't use any assistive tech at all. I've always been into computers, so I did have the ZX81 and then Commodore 64, Amiga 500. And the key oh, yeah. was always just a massive screen. I could get away with that. There was no as far as I remember, magnification or anything. It was just a you know, a big screen and I could cope. Uh, so I didn't need any assistive technology then. It was only when I went to college, when I was 16, and I went to the RNC in Hereford, the Blind College. Hello, everyone. Amazing place, right? But that's the first time I actually experienced any assistive tech. And um, we're talking, I don't know, when was it, 87? So there was hardware speech since, the deck talk. There was, that's the first time I've seen a... Um, uh, a braille display and an embosser um, but I, I didn't have to use that tech myself as I said it was just a big 32 inch monitor and when I was doing I, I went there and, and did um, programming and it was on a Unix mainframe so that was even Yikes. before Windows so <laughs> yeah it was a DOS screen basically and you just needed a big screen but there was assisted tech back then obviously but I didn't use any of it. So my first actual experience, um, apart from massive monitors, uh, was Jules. Um, actually, before that even was um, uh, you know Dolphin, which often gets overlooked when we're talking about assistive software. But they're an amazing company uh, based here in the UK. I, I think it was How was the first thing I used. Yeah, that's right. And then I moved on to Jules, uh, forty-minute mode, obviously. Um, Cheapskate. Yes, yes, all the time. Uh, but uh, I think Supernova as well, because it was more magnification. I never really, the screen reader was there almost as a secondary option, but more because I was more low vision. Uh, you know, I've got retinitis pigmentosa, so uh, it was my peripheral vision was going. So I still had quite okay central vision. So it was all about the magnification for me. Um, but yeah, I think it was Supernova that I started using, then Jules, and uh, I think I sort of left it alone for a bit after that. Uh, and it wasn't really until the iPhone where I really got back into using a screen reader, actually, as the primary uh, primary thing, my primary interface. And since then, obviously, I'm using NVDA, um, Narrator, and everything like that. So... Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a transition we see quite a lot, I think, isn't it? With, with people who are gradually losing their vision, it's always that magnification is the first step. And then once that magnification gets to a 55-inch screen with one letter on it, you think, yeah, maybe it's <laughs> time I looked at a screen reader. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. When right. you're in a position where the neighbour across the street can read your email for you, <laughs> then perhaps it's time to move on. And it's interesting. I think that's a conversation we should definitely, you know, write down somewhere. We won't do that, but we will, you know, in our heads do it. Uh, you know, we should write this down because that's, that's actually a really interesting conversation, I think, around the, you know, when, it's, when is it time to make the switch? Uh, because I think a lot of people are in that position where they just, you know, get, they just keep plowing on. And I know I've done it. We've all three of us have done it. We've all done it. We have. Oh, it's yeah. so difficult to make that. So it's exactly the same as using the white cane. I mean, I didn't use a, a, a white cane until I met you, Stephen. And you said, here, you need a white stick. I think I, 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 yeah, I gave you a white cane and I said, right, just get on with it. And I, I gave you some very rudimentary 
Uh, my, my wife is a mobility and orientation specialist. She was not impressed at all that I just threw a cane just at you and said, get on with it. Push me into a crowd. Yeah. Find your way to Find a your pizza. way home. And this was in Glasgow and he lives in Manchester. So you can imagine how that ended up. But, I mean, it is similar because from, at that point, I was just carrying an ID, a symbol cane with me. So people knew, but I didn't feel like I needed it. But now I can't think of not having you know, the, the, the long cane with me. I can't even think about it. It made such a difference. But resisting that switch was something I did for a long time. Do you know, it's funny. I was thinking back to my school days, and I, I have to say speech through computers wasn't something I really experienced until, same as you, Hal. Um, I don't know if it was – I always think sometimes is it just that the schools at that time had different contracts with different companies and you yeah, know, one or two know. products just seemed to make it through? Because funnily enough, Supernova – um, and Hal, Supernova at the time, now, if I'm right in saying Supernova was combined, your magnification and speech, and as yeah, it still does. Yeah. And, we're talk- and I'm talking early 90s here. So at that point, it was, you know, this was on a PC, and I was blown away at the sound in this thing. I mean, the speech was, was good. I mean, obviously, comparative to today's voice is not maybe quite so good, but... You know, it was for its it time. It didn't take deep breaths between yeah. sentences and things. Not, it's oh, not Alex. Alex. No, it's not it's Alex. Alex no. Oh, I can't stand that. It's just so freaky. Um, but yeah, th- this was good speech. It was clear. I mean, it was one of those things. Remember those speakers you used to get? Those, those like the beige speakers, um, usually quite boxy in their design. And, you know, they had their own power on them and stuff. And you plug them in separately and you just plug them in with a 3.5 mil jack into the PC. And you yeah, probably a, a, have three or four sets around here. And you have a billion <laughs> cables coming out of them from all different yes. angles. Yeah. But the sound off them, you used to get a really good bass off those speakers. And Bit of drum and good. bass. Yeah, you know, get it going. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I remember that was my first experience. I, Well, it probably wasn't the first experience, but it was the one that was most memorable. We did have the computers that could talk. We, we actually got MacBooks, or PowerBooks as it was at the time, in our school. Uh, and this was all because... The person who ran the visual impairment unit at my school, uh, her son, and, and she's sadly no longer with us, but her son was obsessed with Mac. I mean, basically, this was me in waiting. And um, he was he was totally a great guy, and he used to come into the school and he would, you know, help set the computers up and get programs on them. Used to help me as well. Used to used to put like he'd always say to me, "Listen, I put a few games on there, you know, so you can enjoy like a driving game or something." I was like, "Yes, you know, I'm having great fun with this laptop." <laughs> and I remember the one I got was the PowerBook 190, and I want to say it's the PowerBook 190 because I think it was the 180 I had at first. I think it was the 180. Was it the 165? I can never remember. But oh, it was, you're sounding so nerdy now. Keep going. I know, I know. But it was it was it was the one the first one I had had a track ball, not a track pad, but a track yeah. ball yeah. and a grayscale screen. And this thing was huge. And it, But I'll tell you, the best feature this thing ever had was it had little feet that you could turn at the, at the top left and top right. You could just turn these little feet down and it raised up the keyboard. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? And it was yeah. so cool. Until, of course, you know, I, I don't know, I did something and they fell off and it just wobbled. You know, um, that wasn't great. But um, you, said, you said, fill the quality of this keyboard and then throw it on the desk. So, see how good that sounds. Oh, wait, I'll, that was just a couple months ago. Oh. I'll tell you something. This this thing was solid, though. I mean, it had a disk drive in it, it had a 3.5, uh, um, yeah, 3.5 inch disk drive. Um, Not a five and a quarter. Oh, no. Gosh, you're so new, aren't no, you? No. So modern. Well, you I mean, kids. I, you know, I, I got really modern at one point with it because we got zip drives. 
Oh, oh, a zip drive. Yeah, like, yeah, hundred meg in a zip drive. <laughs> so mad. I mean, that think takes about me it. back. Yeah. Yeah, and they were so weird. I used to get Macs. I had a Power PC Mac once. Um, what was it? The oh, eighty nine hundred or something. The perf- uh, not Performer, but one of the. I can't remember the name of it now, but yeah, it was it was a Mac uh, Tower, and you got different ones, and this one had a, a zip drive in it, and I just thought it was so cool because that that was the time when they were trying to get closer to making them more friendly for home use so you get like tv tuners in them and stuff like that remember when you get wow. yeah um but anyway i digress but yeah so i remember sitting there with uh, the lady who's now my wife uh both of us sitting with a pair of headphones in uh making it swear uh with fred's voice we'd use fred's voice on it <laughs> and we'd get it to say sweary words and uh we used to laugh we've all done it oh, yeah. we're all connected yeah, it was just it was such a funny time. But I mean, I remember that. I mean, honestly, it feels like yesterday. And those computers were good. And I remember them. I think it was the one ninety I got, and that was, I think, the same one they used in Independence Day. And I was like, I've got the same computer. Jeff Goldblum used to save the world. Um, you can transmit viruses. <laughs> exactly. But, but you're right. Yes. Doesn't it just seem like yesterday? Right. I know that's what old men say. It doesn't it seem like yesterday. But. The, the change, the improvements, the advancement in assistive tech, just it still blows my mind and where we're at. And more than that, it's not just the technology, right? It is also the, the, um, uh, the awareness of accessibility. Yes, we've still got a long way to go, but when you think back to where we started, and it, it isn't like, you know, hundreds of years ago, <laughs> we're talking a few decades ago, uh-huh. it was a totally, totally different world. And to look back and see where we are now to where we were then, it's it's amazing to me. Well, when I made the transition from just Zoom text with voice to JAWS, you know, in a matter of, you know, I don't remember how many years difference that was, but when I, when I finally had to, you know, as we were talking about before, you know, put away the mouse, you know, just not worry about the monitor and just focus on JAWS, I was blown away because ZoomText, of course, did its job and did it well. The voice that was included, you know, was fine. It, it, it gave me a little bit of extra help to get through things. But when I made that transition to JAWS, it was night and day. It was such a big deal. And now I can't imagine not doing anything without JAWS. You know, I, I can't imagine not having JAWS or NVDA or Narrator or any of them, you know, to be able to utilize. You know, it's, it's funny. I've told the story in the past that <laughs> the timing of when I got a Victor Reader stream, because I, I thought it was amazing. I'm like, this is a great device, plays all these, you know, this content that I can get and add to it. And, you know, this is fantastic and it's tactile. And if I had vision, it's color coded and all this, it's so wonderful. And then like four or five months later, I got my first iPhone and went, wow, it's going to be in a drawer for the rest of my <laughs> life because nobody's going to want to buy it from me. Um, but, but and I say that with love and admiration for the Victor Reader Stream because it is a great device. People but still love it. People yeah. do still love it, absolutely. And, and there's a lot of good reasons to still love it. But for me, I got it, spent all that money on it, and then got an iPhone, you know, three GS, and went, oh, oh, I can get books on here and music and you know watch movies and games and wow, you know. So even just those transitions were night and day and and really made and still make a huge difference. It is amazing. And, and you know, it's interesting, Sean, you bring up the, the story of progress. I, I think that sometimes that's forgotten in today's world. And, you know, I, I get from the perspective of someone who's just lost their vision, um, perhaps is quite techy. They've, they've come over to the world of screen readers, for example, and suddenly they realize 
that life is not as easy as as it might have been obviously with with sight and you can you know yeah you have to face the challenges and you have to to push on past and then you realize all these problems and suddenly you think that it's it's suddenly you're almost like the first person to have discovered it and you feel really you know like <laughs> oh this this needs to be immediately dealt with and, and actually what we need to remember is is to put some perspective on it and that is that there has been significant progress i mean let's just even take the last five years just the last five years look at what's changed from microsoft and yes they yeah, have their reader works away. exactly well that's right because i mean they were a company who i'm not saying they ignored disability they didn't no but they didn't put as much emphasis on it until frankly satya nadella took over and i think at that point when satya nadella became ceo something shifted because his approach is it's for everyone um that technology should be for everyone and it should be as accessible as it can be and he didn't he almost didn't promise it but it just kind of happened and yeah. this is why i respect microsoft so much because you know people think i'm an apple guy and i like apple i like all an i like guy. all companies you're an well, apple, I'm an apple guy yeah. but you know i am an apple guy and i use apple products i love apple products i i use amazon products i love amazon products i use I was, I was Google, never mind. Um, but, you know, I use... <laughs> Google have kidding. Used Google I'm products. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm only kidding, sort of. Uh, but, yeah, I don't... You know, I, of course I use Google products, and Google products are great as well. But it's more to do with... Uh, when it comes to Microsoft, I think what I like about what they've done is they didn't steamroll in and say, we're going to... And I'm, to be fair, neither of the other companies have either. But, you know, they didn't walk in and say, we're going to make this a super accessible... Uh, operating system because you know let's be honest the majority of the world use windows yep. so when you're you're talking to a computer user you're more likely to talk to a windows user than a mac user and actually what you might find is you're talking to someone who uses a mac but actually uses a windows machine as well so it's never really far away so for that company to say and bear in mind we're talking of course about the workplace and you know the place where people need to get employment and, you know, if the computers aren't accessible, then, you know, disabled people don't get jobs. If that company is prepared to put the effort in, not shout about it, but just then make it happen and then go further than that in the last five years and maybe even in the last two years and actually force, not force, that's the wrong word, but encourage other companies to actually make their products accessible, talking to developers, having conferences where they bring developers in and say, Look at the benefits here. Th these people are your customers. They want to buy your products. So why don't you want to sell to them? Yeah. No, not shouting, not screaming, not saying make it work or else. That's a very American approach. No offense to him. But, it, you know, very, mm -hmm. but, you know it's, it, but Americans, kind of. Americans are way more litigious <laughs> than British people are, right? I think that's, that's just a fact. Um, that might be changing a little bit in the last couple of years, but I think, truth be told... Brexit. Well, yeah, but but in the sense of we're not very litigious, you know, we're not we're not likely to yeah. jump straight into a lawyer's office and say let's sue them all. Uh, and don't get me wrong, there's good reason Sometimes to do that as well. Sometimes that's needed. Of yeah, course it is. Absolutely. Of course it is. But start with positive advocacy. I think that's the key. Start with positive advocacy because there has been progress, and that progress yeah. didn't come through everyone lawyering up. It came through small change over time, and some of that is. Blind people being in the workplace, that is key. 
we've got to be in the workplace. We've got to be part of the society. You know, it's it, this this um, phrase I, I hear banded around a lot, and I agree with it entirely. Um, it feels a bit like a, a, a bumper sticker, but it's, I, I know it's not. But, you know, the nothing about us without us that people use, that you yeah. often hashtag it or whatever on Twitter. Uh, I'm, I'm all for that because that's that's the only way it works. That's the only way this works. We've got to be in the room. But we have to accept that we're only in the room if the technology we're going to use at the workplace is accessible to us. And Microsoft made that happen. So that's why I'm really pro-Microsoft on a lot of different things. Now, have they got it all right? No. Teams is awful. I mean, it's a nightmare of a program. Skype? I mean, come on, guys. Really, just bin it. Get over it, will you? <laughs> Shut the thing down. Remember when we used to try to use Skype? Oh, boy. Oh, I, I really never got on with Skype. I know on a Mac. Mm. Forget it. Uh, yeah. But... We love you, Zoom. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is on <laughs> Zoom, right? And it's yeah. beautiful. This is a lovely environment. But there, again, another example of a company that listened... Uh, you know, that, that this company uh, that we're using here, Zoom, to, to communicate for our shows, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, they didn't have a huge amount of users. They had a, a significant number, but not a huge amount. Of course, everyone jumped on it. Yeah. And they had some big, big problems. I mean, not just accessibility, but security. Remember all the Zoom bombing at the beginning of yep. uh, the pandemic? Everyone's saying, you know, people... And, and I used to laugh about it, thinking it was silly. And I remember someone saying, yeah, you wouldn't be laughing if you had a kid at school who was on a Zoom call and suddenly a stranger turns up. And I'm like, no, actually, I don't find that funny at all. Um, yeah. You know, this is not good. So, yeah, maybe this needs to be, be dealt with. But again, positive advocacy happened and change was made. Interestingly, um, Clubhouse is a, is a perfect example of this. And, and a friend of mine actually was part of this campaign. Again, positive advocacy, conversation, good conversation. When Clubhouse started, the app was pretty terrible in the sense that a lot of it had unlabeled buttons and all that stuff. And then a good friend of mine and, and a few others, a number of others actually, got involved, got on to Clubhouse, started a conversation about making the platform more accessible. Members of the of the um, development team from for the app came into the room and listened to the conversation and joined in and asked questions. And suddenly the app was made more accessible. Yeah, and that's that's real positive advocacy. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen all the time. I think we all know the uh, what's it called, Domino's, the pizza Domino's company. Domino's pizza, yeah. See, and that's There's where an example where it goes wrong, right? And it and they exactly. just don't want to know. Yeah, and there are still going to be companies out there who don't want who think it's going to be too expensive, too much work. It's a it's a niche market that they don't need to care about. There's still going to be companies out there. That, that have that you know that feel like that and that is where you need a bit of muscle where the you know various organizations could come in handy uh, and and flex their muscles on it and i think yeah we do know that those companies are still out there but still i am very positive about the way it's going yeah well, to pick up on that i mean even just in the last couple of years we we, we often hear people and even sometimes i think we get into this uh, as well, where you know we'll hear a keynote event from from Apple or Google or Amazon or whoever, and maybe on stage they don't necessarily mention accessibility or specifically you know things for people that are blind. But then we get a report, you know, a day later, a couple of days later, a week later, that oh they added this this and this for accessibility or for the blind. And so, like you said before, Stephen, they may not necessarily be out there screaming it from the mountaintops. 
but it does happen. You know, just here in the last couple of years, talking about, you know, Android and Apple, you know, Android's got multi-finger gestures now that they did not have before. So they heard their users saying, hey, we we, we kind of like what Apple has in the multi-finger gestures, but we don't want to leave our Android phones. Can we have this, please? And now TalkBack can do that. And you can, you know, change it and reprogram it just like you can on an iPhone. You know, so many other accessibility things that we've had on our iPhones as well. And and so I, I think that it's it's good to keep those dialogues open. And, and even if they aren't out there screaming it to everybody, say, hey, look what we're doing. You know what, that's fine. I, I kind of wished in some respects they would tell everybody, but at the same time, I don't need them to gloat about it to make it get, you know, make it happen to get it done. Um, you know, just, just do it. And so, yeah, with, you know, talking about narrator, you know, we all used to, to make that joke that narrator was the screen reader that you opened to download the 40 minute <laughs> version of jaws yes. or to go download NVDA. That's and right. now I think we all agree that it's a viable, you know, usable screen reader. And if you're not needing it necessarily for the workplace or something more, you know, more, uh, more involved, narrator's fine. There's no problem with it. So I, I think all these companies are, are doing well. Uh, and there's a lot more. I mean, don't get me started on Domino's. That that just, no, mm -mm, no. And, and, um, but that's, that's a good example <laughs> of when it doesn't work out and the company exactly. are clearly not. I, I think in that case, and I, maybe I'm diminishing this a bit, but I did, read, I did read a lot about this case at the time. But I remember thinking, and, and, and for people who don't know, this was about the, the fact that they just their website wasn't accessible. And, you know, a number Their of... app either. The website and the, the app, app as well. And, and you couldn't make choices on it. You couldn't really do anything with it. So it was, it was a real challenge for people to trying to, to order pizza. And this was in the States. And I remember real, you know, converse, conversations going on and lots of advocacy attempts. And it just didn't, it just fell. It just fell away completely. And that was a shame. And, and that, in that case, meant that the courts had to get involved. And, you know, the rest is, is what it is. But... I just think it's really, there are times and places for it, but I think we, we are in, we're in a society these days, which I, and I really, I must admit, I, I find it really disconcerting because it's not my approach to things to just go from zero to 60, um, you know, DEFCON 5 or whatever the bad one is, um, <laughs> you know, to, to just go straight to that every time there's a problem. Sometimes there's Back a simple games, yeah. solution. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes just having a conversation is good um we need to stop we need to stop with the, the hate and the anger right just just cool it a bit right i mean if the app doesn't work yes it's not great of course it's not but you know but is is it a life or death situation and that's the question if it is then absolutely but if it's not then can we just write to the developer and see if we can get it fixed um and you know if they and, and more often than not and i think it's also about how we communicate with developers because we as blind people know our technology we know it's voiceover if in this case, right? If it's Apple, we know it's voiceover. We know that it, we're running on this phone. But if you don't relay what that means to a developer, they don't understand the problem. Because if you say to someone, well, it's, just, it's got unlabeled buttons, right? Okay, so the buttons, but the buttons have got labels because it says, you know, menu below it. Yeah, it's got a graphic on top of it. It yeah. says it says menu, right? So it's, it's as far as they're concerned, it's not unlabeled. So you have to explain what that means. And I think that's the problem. And sometimes I've seen these arguments develop where they say, well, it's not my job to ed educate everyone. And I'm like, well, it actually is. It's all our jobs. It's collectively all our responsibilities. We've all got to engage. Because if you're going to get so angry about it and then say, not my problem, it's your problem. 
then we're not going to get anything resolved. And what's going to happen is people will just think, and sadly, this is the case with blind people. And I don't know what this is, but this happens. I even saw a tweet about it the other day. Someone said, you know, I met a blind person. They were really rude. I'll not be uh, dealing with them again. And I, mean, I don't get that. I don't yeah. get that attitude at all. You see that too often, too. It's unfortunate. I remember when I was sitting in guide dog school at, six, at 19 years old, and I remember the, the guide dog instructor saying to me, you are an ambassador for guide dogs now. If someone approaches you and touches the dog um, while this dog is working, then you must tell the person not to do that. But you'll be very aware of how you speak to that person. Because if they are coming to assist you, and you are rude to them, they might never speak to another blind person again. And I remember at the time, putting my hand up in that class. There's only two of us. I don't know why I put my hand up, but there you go. Um, but I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting there and I did put my hand up and I said, excuse me, can I ask a question? I said, because let's take the word blind out of this and put the word woman in. Now replay that conversation. Yeah, I met a woman the other day. She was terrible. I'll never be speaking to any of them again. That, you would laugh at that, wouldn't you? You'd be like, well, come on, really? What? What are you talking about? That makes no sense at all. Yeah. I met a woman and didn't go on with her, so I'm never going to speak to another woman in the human race ever again. That doesn't make sense. So why does it make sense in the blind world? Well, the, the truth is I don't know. But that is what happens. That yeah. actually happens. So we we have to be responsible to some degree. I'm not saying we should sit down and we should take everything and we should, you know, just accept the fate. There are ways to deal with situations. And this constant rush to anger from some people is just beyond it for me. And that's the biggest mistake we can make because all that progress that's happened can can turn against us very quickly. We're moving into a new world. I mean, we're going to talk about the future of tech, but we're moving towards a whole new world of technology with VR and AR and XR and all this basically lots of letters and things that end with R. And when that happens, we need to make sure we're at the forefront of that because we don't want to be left behind because very quickly this technology could change. You imagine a world, for example, where they get rid of the keyboard. I, in my head, in my lifetime, I see the end of a keyboard. I just see the keyboard never being part of a computer again. They'll see it as some old-fashioned thing. Mm -hmm. When you replace that with whatever it's being replaced by, it better be accessible so we need to make sure we're on the right side with these companies and we need to be working with people. That's all I'm saying. Oh, do you feel better? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny. I, I, just, sat, I just sat and ranted <laughs> for about 20 minutes there on not being angry. I find that quite amusing, yeah. actually. That is, that is quite ironic. But, but <laughs> that's is. a good point. And, and, and that's, I think, the, the good reason to have a conversation like this and why we're having this conversation because it's, it's good to remember where you've been, you know, where you've come yep. from, you know, talking about the tech from our childhoods or, you know, from school or, or, you know, the past that we've had to use and bringing it to now to say, you know what, just when you think that today might be horrible and, you know, these buttons aren't labeled, think about where we were three, five, you know, 15 years ago and how we've gotten to where we are. Now let's keep positively advocating as best we can to keep that progress happening. It's not always been, you know, the mainstream tech accessible out of the box. It's not always been the case as we've illustrated, you know, here in the show. Um, and, and we have to be aware that it's, it's up to us. Like you said, Stephen, it, it is up to us to, to self-advocate and 
do it in such a way where we can work with with people. I'm working with a developer right now on an app that's mostly accessible, but has some work to do. And they're very receptive to, to you know, getting the information to find out what it is that they need to do to make it better because they want to be inclusive. So you'll you'll find that, that you know, companies are receptive to this for the most part if they're not dominoes. That's the key. That's the key. And if they're <laughs> not receptive, then we bring down the hammer. Then we bring on the anger. Because I feel it. that's justified, right? I've got to yeah. talk about a company called Open Planet Software, which creates an app called uh, Just Press Record. A lot of people will know it. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a brilliant app. It's uh, the, the company, I didn't know this because what happened was I was at an event, this was years ago, for RNIB when I worked there. And it was uh, meeting, you know, different members of the community. I think I was somewhere in England. I don't know where. Um, beautiful country. Big fan. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's all the same. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the north, I think. I don't honestly no idea. But uh, wherever I was, I was meeting some some great people. I was more interested in the people in the place. And um, the thing was that uh, we got to talking about, you know, good apps that we could use for recording. So maybe taking notes or doing interviews even. And Just Press Record was the one that I was kind of touting at the time. And I remember saying to someone, I can't remember the conversation, but I think it was something to do with the app. There was a, a problem with it. Something wasn't quite right at that stage. And I just thought in the meeting, kind of just by chance, and I, I, I don't know why I thought this, because when you, when you think about it, this could have gone really the other way. I think I just said something like, I think it was maybe a bit of a smart ass, to be honest, but I was just going, you know, I'll, I'll call the developer and we'll find out. You know, Not thinking, you, surely not. No, not me, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I kind of just decided to call the developer and I was like, actually, who is the developer of this thing? Is it some, you know, company in the States maybe or, or abroad? I mean, I could be calling India here and it's the wrong time of the day. It's not going to make any sense. So I don't know what I was thinking, but I decided, well, do you know what? I'll look it up. And it turned out that the, the place, the the developer's um, location was actually in Scotland. It was a little town in Scotland. And so you couldn't understand them then? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were language all, barrier. They were all sleeping. Uh, yeah, that's it. It was a different time of day. Um, I was in England. I was in a whole other country. So I called them up and they said to me, she was funny you called because you're the second blind person we've spoken to recently who's had issues with this app. And I said, well, that's interesting. And they told me about this person who had got in touch, a prominent member of the blind community. I won't say who, but, um, uh, you know, without his permission anyway. But I, um, he, was, he had called up and he had given them a big list of things that he had found that could be improved. And that conversation had led them to think, we should actually, you know, we should implement this. We need to do this. And they told me on the, on the call, and I was able to report this back to the group, that they were they had decided that for the apple watch version of the app they were going to make some really fancy design that would look really good but they thought for blind people that's probably not really ideal so we'll just create a simple overlay that's a button you just double tap and that's it you've got your record and when you enable voiceover this specific overlay kicks in and that's it so they had gone from not having a clue about blindness to actually making the app even easier, but while keeping it looking amazing for anyone who can see it. And right. I thought, that's amazing. Yeah. That is such an amazing way to do this. And it was all thanks to, frankly, this one blind person giving them a call and just having a chat and saying, look, you know, I've downloaded your app. I'd really like to use it because it sounds great. Um, 
but there are a few issues. And that developer going, okay, tell me more. And I, I believe that the majority of, especially smaller developers, even small development teams, a lot of these guys are independent. Um, but, you know, the, the small teams, they will listen. They will listen. I remember calling up an, an app company uh, recently, actually, uh, for a website. Uh, well, it was actually a website and an app. And the website had a few challenges on it. And it was a, a, a bunch of women who've got, who got together to develop this particular service. And, you know, they wanted to know everything. They were just like, tell me everything about this. We don't, we don't know this world at all. Tell us more. And you know, I was like, okay, fine. Let me tell you everything I know, uh, which is very little. It was a very short conversation, obviously. But, you know, I told them what I knew. And, you know, they've started making ways to implement that into... So this is what I'm saying. It's just, just have a conversation. Just be nice. You know, if I called up someone and said, I'm going to sue you all, that's not a great start. Yeah, uh, and that's when pro- the defensive and you know what's uh, going to happen. Come up. Yeah, yep. and that's the same with anything in life, right? So you know, come on, guys, take the heat out of it. Just have a positive conversation, and uh, because I'll tell you, the, the progress for me is watching a friend of mine at school who pretty much, and he didn't bother by this, I should say. But when you think back on this, and when you think about the the chain of events, he used a braille and speak. I think that's what it was. Anyway, it was just a little. I remember it being like a little white box. And, you know, just the size of a kind of standard portable Braille display these days. They haven't aged or changed that much. No. But, you know, it could speak. So he could, you know, tap away on the keys and he could hear back what he was uh, typing in. He could put an earpiece in if he wanted. And what he would do is he would do his work on this thing. He never touched a computer. He always used that. He didn't use it for everything. And what would happen is at the end of a day or at the end of a class, a teacher would take it from him plug it into a computer, download everything from it, you know, turn it into Braille, either through an embosser or, you know, sometimes even other things he had to do, like even with the tactile images and stuff he had to do, he had to know all that down, what he wanted. And he'd get his Braille and speak back and go back to class. He couldn't use a computer because they weren't particularly accessible to him at that time. And he wasn't learning that. He wasn't being given the tools. Now, I mean, some people might say, well, actually, the tools were there at that time. We're talking 90s. Yeah, they may well have been, but he wasn't getting access to that. And he will now have access to everything. He'll have a, he'll have an iPhone or an Android phone. He'll have a talking computer of some kind. And look how, you know, the space of time. We're talking 30 years. And yep. that's gone from that. From, from not being able to, basically just to type in a little box and then hand that box to someone else who could get his material printed. And that's only just so he could read it. And then, you know, be in a stage where he can pretty much do everything by himself. And this guy's now in a very high up position and a very well-paid job and, and you know, good on him. Quite right, too. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't show that the technology disabled him in any way. It didn't. It enabled him. But he yep. can do it all independently now. That's the difference. And that's the progress that we've seen. Massive change like that, where we've gone from having to rely on loads of people and, you know, my school was the same. You know, it was a lot of this, you know, support and all the rest. When you just wanted to do stuff by yourself. You know, one thing I've learned about being blind is you, you do not walk alone. Everyone's either looking at you, trying to grab you to help you across a street you never intended to cross, <laughs> or, you know, talking to you. Um, and, you know, it's nice. It's, you know, it depends your mood. Sometimes it's nice. Sometimes it's less than nice. Um, depends on what they're saying. Um, but, you know, that is life. And... Yeah, I, I, 
don't know where I'm going with this, but I think I just I, I feel there are just ways to deal with situations, and uh, I think that what I've seen over the years with progress is that it is slow, and it will continue to be slow. But we are, I would say, in a much better place. I, someone once told me this was the best time to be blind in terms of technology, and I often used to think that was a quite a contentious thing to say, and I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I think I'll leave other people to decide whether you think that's contentious or not. But there I, were worse times. There were definitely worse <laughs> yes, times. Definitely. Exactly. We'll leave it there for today. Next time, we're going to talk about 2021, the tech of the last year. And uh, yeah, this is the kind of conversation we're going to have. It's going to be honest. It's going to be real. Uh, it'll go off topic. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to our shows. <laughs> Maybe a little less shouty at times. but yeah. I highly doubt that. Um, but that's what this is all about. So, you know, like, subscribe, share, don't share, dislike. I don't care. But if you're enjoying it, keep listening. And if you don't like it, if you don't like, you know, people being honest and real to you, go find something else. I don't care. But here's the point. If you're enjoying it, stick around because we have lots more to come. We'll, uh, we're going to have some great conversations, some great chats, and we'll catch you again next time. <laughs>